Welcome. This is Andrew Schechter, host of the Politically Incorrect podcast on EA Truth Radio, brought to you by Eternal Affairs Media every Thursday night. Tonight, we've got a very special guest. Before we introduce our guest, we will stop for a moment for a prayer. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, we pray. We pray in your glorious name that you see our country through its, its, its tired times, its tough times, its rough political anarchy. We see that you, we pray that you bring us all back to your great glory. Bring those who have left the fold back. We pray that you show your path and your light to all of those who, who need it to, to go on and to save our great nation. And you become a part of our nation like you've never been before in a part of the world that you may bring us all back to your great glory. We pray in your heavenly name, dear Jesus. Amen. So tonight, folks, good evening. Thanks for listening to, to this great uh, uh, interview. We have a, a really wonderful person tonight, uh, Nathan French, Nathan French Ministries, and it's got a website, NathanFrenchMinistries.com. We're going to talk a little about a, where 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 we are headed as as a as a nation, where we are headed as a, with God, and where and and where our uh, where our, the prophecy is taking us. Uh, Nathan, with no further ado, would you please introduce yourself, if you like? Well, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Nathan French. I'm in Gig Harbor, Washington, and I'm just meeting Andrew here for the first time. And of course, I'm excited to to dialogue. And, um, you know, I love that we have opportunity to solve problems every time we discuss, uh, you know, what's happening in the world. So uh, go ahead, Andrew, if you have a, a question for me. So yeah, Nathan, I, I'm really glad to to have you here too. We were we were kind of laughing, or joking a little bit before the before the recording uh, that that we were kind of blindsided by our appropriate agents, and we neither one knew what was happening. But uh, I I I looked up your information, Nathan. I'm really and I and I got some of the information on on your ministries and whatnot. Um, and and I, I'm hoping we can talk about yeah. There, there's there's this. Thought and this philosophy or this feeling that that we're, that Christianity is dead in in America. Now, there's there's two thoughts to that uh, that I'd like to discuss. The first is that there are more and more Christians coming in. There's more and more belief in Christ, and yet a lot of the churches are deteriorating. The churches are becoming anti-biblical. I, I, it's the only way I can describe it. I, and and maybe you can tell me what you how you feel about that and what you've seen in in, in your uh, travels. Um, well, I I really feel like we're you know, in a, a, a Kairos moment where we're seeing, you know, the fulfillment of biblical prophecy, you know, in the end times, I'll pour my spirit out on all flesh. Um, sons and daughters will prophesy. Old men will dream dreams. Young men see visions. I mean, what I've been seeing is that the big battle that's happening in the world is really just between those filled with God's Holy Spirit and those yielded to the Spirit of God. Um, the real conflict isn't so much party or gender or even those things are side issues to our people filled with the spirit and have they learned to surrender to the spirit of God. And a person who's filled with the Holy Spirit will naturally begin to, um, if they press in into the relationship with God, um, then they they tend to want to do the right things. Uh, I feel like the more you walk with God, the the more you you mature in the Lord. Um, but problem is, is I think um, many churches are failing because they don't get this. They don't understand that it's not about our perfect program or how we appear to the people. Um, it's more about 
is our heart right? And are we really listening so that we can follow God intentionally? And he said he'll build the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against. The church itself is us, the people of God, the ecclesia. So we don't so much go to church, meaning the building being the church, but it's us, the people of God, the temples of the Holy Spirit, that he comes to fill us so that we can be uh, able to represent him or represent him correctly on the earth. So, you know, when you look at Old Covenant, New Covenant, Old Testament, New Testament, I mean, the whole Bible is just glorious to me. I mean, I love the Old Testament because it really points to sin and what it is. I mean, the Old Covenant is like, you know, it's like, man, I mean, you get this idea, like there's 10 commandments, there's what, 620 Levitical laws, like the whole point is you can't do it. You weren't made to be able to do it. You were made to receive the gift of righteousness. So you can't really boast you did anything because Jesus did it when he fulfilled every jot and tittle of the law. He became our sin who knew no sin so we would become his righteousness. And so I think once people know that because God said, be holy be as I am holy, be righteous, I'm, I'm righteous and righteousness is a gift. And if you know that this is a gift and then you live in such a way where you receive the love of God, which is the greatest of these, and and you learn to hear his voice through the scriptures, and as you develop in the relationship with him, and you get filled with his spirit, joining with your spirit, then he starts to train you, teach you, and lead you in all truth, and it becomes fun to be a follower of Christ. So I think the only reason people fall away is because they tried to incorporate God and realized it didn't work. Instead of just letting him become their life. It's like no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Life I live, I live unto Christ. To die is to gain. Lose your life to find it. So so many people are incorporating and saying, hey, I go to church. I'm a Christian. And they think somehow just showing up and stay, sitting in the building is where it's at. And then they they don't have the empowerment. Maybe they're not being trained by Holy Spirit filled and yielded people. Uh, maybe they went to seminary and they just puffed up their head instead of their heart. So they're not really experiencing love, but they're seeing religion. I mean, nobody really wants to knowingly be in a religious cycle or a stagnant environment. I don't think anybody would sign up for that knowingly. Um, I think people get into these different, um, you know, different religions, different uh, even segments or denominations. Um, you know, it's like, uh, everybody's in a different place. But when you really sum it all up, I think it's Jesus did it. It's done. And now we're invited to be free to do. And so you have so many people in these different categories saying, well, you're focused on this and you're focused on that. And that's wrong. And the reality is, is like, if you're right with God and you walk with God, it's super fun. And you have an optimism. Instead of a pessimism, instead of looking at what's wrong with everything, you start looking at what's right with everything. And so depending on the focus, but Jesus said in the word, he said, think on these things that are pure and holy and lovely and, of right, and righteous and of good report. And, and then the result of thinking on the right thing is the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So I love that we have Old Testament because it points to what sin is. And I love that we have a new superior covenant of his blood that says, hey, it's my grace that is actually, so we know grace is a person. The law was given through Moses. Grace came by Jesus. When you fall in love with Jesus, the one who loves you, then you can't help but want to live free 
and and to obey his commands. Everything he he says is a commandment, not just in a written word, but spoken word. So we get Raymond Logos and we walk with him, talk with him. And I think that's what I think most people are just looking for the authentic and they just don't want the counterfeit. And that's why you see the condition of the church. Um, so thank you. Can you take the dogs down? Take them down. Yeah, take them with you. They're barking and making noise. Thank you, sweetie. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I know that was a little long winded, but I felt like that was kind of the in- intro. To, to some of the things we could talk about. Fantastic. We didn't hear the dog, so don't worry about that. Oh, <laughs> we actually yeah, didn't no, hear them on the microphone. <laughs> but yeah, that, so there's a lot of things that are, that, that, that are coming out. I, we talked earlier as well, and you know, I'm a, a, a prophetic minister myself, and I, I believe that, that without the Old Testament, there's a lot of churches that, that hand you out a New Testament, and they say, here, here yeah. read this and pray. And I was like, that's not going right. to cut it, folks, because you don't know who Jesus is. You don't know why you need Jesus without the Old Testament. <laughs> a lot yeah. of but you also you also need to realize that we are given the opportunity and the chance to follow Jesus. And I, that's what I try to promote. You know, if Jesus will will give you the way and the path. The old, the old I can't remember the, the old saying that they have about the, the, the footsteps in the sand, it's called. But I'm sure you know that one where, you, you know, you, yeah. you, you walked along and there's your footsteps. And then at some point, the footsteps were gone. What 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 was that? Well, that was when, you know, Jesus lifted you up and, and say and, and, you know, took command and saved you to, from from your own fate or whatever. But if people don't realize yeah. that Jesus gives you the opportunity. You, if you don't follow that then you've missed the whole point. So you, have, you have to have faith and pray and, and say, you know, pray, hey, Jesus, look, whatever your path is, uh, I will follow and, and, and then actually act on it. And a lot of people don't do that. Um, I think that's why they get frustrated sometimes in, in, in a church um, uh, by having that frustration. What I really would like to, to get into, though, however, uh, is the... Um, the churches that have gone with the, I call them the woke churches that have gone in, which is one of the reasons I started my own ministry, uh, you know, start bringing people in and say, oh, you can do whatever you want. Jesus loves you. You know, we're, you don't have to follow the Bible. That's, that's, that's the way I look at it. I don't know if you've seen that, you know, that occurring. I mean, I, I, I think that's so far off that the, the average person that knows God obviously would never fall for that because it's nonsense. Right. Right. Hold on one second. Gabrielle. I need you to take the dogs, please. <laughs> right now, I'm on an interview live. I got to have you take them right now. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah, so it's like, it's always, you know, kind of um, interesting, isn't it? Like where you see uh, the compromises in the church. So what is God trying to accomplish? Well, he's coming back for a bride that's ready, a spotless bride. So obviously we're in a, a sanctification process as individuals, but I mean, you could have an organization that's off and have beautiful, wonderful people that are involved in that organization. And that's sad. And then you got, you know, then you got organizations that are doing great and there's a whole bunch of people that are just messed up and, but they need to be trained. They need to be discipled. Um, and I think that a lot of the stuff that we learn, like some of this, and when you read the scripture, it can be at times it can feel almost like it's a little dry. Like we were meant to interact with the one it's, it's about like I, knowing the author and loving him because he first loved you is totally different than academically trying to read the book in a year. So you can tell your friends you did it. 
So it's like, you know, religion is do, do, do. And then maybe if you do enough, you can become. But Jesus didn't come to make us religious. He came to set us free. And, and the real freedom is found in who he is as the way, as the truth, as the life. And because he's the light and we're the light of the world with him, he said, you were the salt in the earth. So when, when salt happened, like salt causes thirst, thirsty people will drink. And the drink that he talked about was the living water. He's like, this is the Holy Spirit, right? The living water. So I love that we're the salt of the earth. Because if we testify about the good things God does, we're actually salting people, creating a spiritual thirst that will compel them to want to come to him to receive of this living water where we thirst no more. In other words, we're eternally satisfied. So there's something so beautiful about recognizing that without the law, we wouldn't know what sin is. We wouldn't know how if we were violating it without the law. So you got to have the law. I mean, I love reading through, you know, I'll read through the Pentateuch, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. I'll read through these books, and it just makes me appreciate the cross all that much more. And not only that, but when you look at the new covenant, it's an amazing thing. You know, you look at that we have a new superior uh, covenant. The old covenant, you know, they had to sacrifice like bulls and goats and atone for sin. And then Jesus comes and divides time, right? And and he becomes our sin who knew no sin, meaning he never sinned. And, and he literally becomes our sin who knew no sin so that we would be able to receive his gift of righteousness so that we could never boast we did anything because we weren't even born when he died for us. So that proves we didn't earn it, but I love that we can't earn it. But then when you receive the goodness of God, it leads us to repent, which truly just means to change mind and then direction. And I think God is calling the nations into repentance even right now. And you hear people talking about the judgment of the Lord, the judgment of the Lord, judgment of the Lord. Well, what I mean, I know he's a righteous judge. He's not mean and angry with a big stick wanting to blast us when we screw up. He's, he's compassion. He's loving. He's kind, but he's also just. And so he does... He does judge things like I've learned with the prophetic, you know, to judge the word that somebody brings, but not the person who brings the word. Because if you start condemning people and and walk in condemnation, then it just tears down. But if you learn, like if if you have to be perfect in order to begin to learn to prophesy, you're never going to learn to prophesy. So I always tell people who are learning to flow in the prophetic like, let people know that you're practicing hearing and obeying God. And that as you are learning, you know, let them know, hey, you know, I'm I'm, I'm practicing prophecy. Do you mind if I share with you um, something that I believe God is saying or showing? And that way you're not God stamping your words and discrediting God in yourself. And this also gives you a sense of grace that you can step out on a limb and learn that it won't break. And um, and and I think that's the thing that um, prophetic communities are beginning to learn around the world is that you can't develop in, in spiritual gifting if you're not willing to step out on a limb and take a risk. So you have to learn to face fear um, but when your heart's right, I've found that the words tend to come out smooth and biblically correct with the right attitude of love. Boy, that's great. That, that really that that is so true. It is so true. And I think I I I think that when when you 
interact with other people. I mean, the Bible's real, really clear that you're not to, uh, that the when you proselytize, it's supposed to be in, in, in God's name and Jesus' name. And, and it's not supposed to be a, a, a hardcore, you know, buy this now, do it today, you know, pick up the Bible. But it's supposed, you need to, you need to show rather than tell. Um, and one of the things that I've done, I'm still learning. I'm, I've gotten to a point where, because I've been involved in politics. Politics is really tough because we've seen a number of great politicians that would have been wonderful for for the for for you know God basically and for and for you know and for us. But the problem is that they don't know how to how to market themselves without uh, overstepping. I guess it's the best way to put it. The best way to do it is to show by example rather than to and then to say you're going to do this my way uh, because really you can't change and i've been called on this a few times i'm still learning myself i mean jesus has saved me more times than i can even count and really i mean honestly there's been absolutely no and i and i i come back and i will i will tell the world that, that every time i have a miracle because that's what that's what you have to do you have to say look i've had a miracle and you know honestly everybody should should listen to jesus but the rather than you know if you explain something you say i got some really cool stories you know and then you tell the story and they're like wow that's incredible then they start getting interested well what are you a minister or something well i started a ministry because i got frustrated and i wanted to you know I, it was my calling from jesus i said don't nobody everybody doesn't have to be a minister but then people come, have been coming back to me and saying look you really need to stay on track so i'm trying my best to do that because when you see these people that have that are not of God and not and don't believe in Jesus or don't believe in anything religious it's really tough because how do, how do you attach to them without without you know becoming obnoxious I guess is the best way to do it yeah I think just truth and love man when you bring the truth that's Jesus he's the truth and when you introduce them to Jesus I mean you show love you know I I'll walk around just day day to day you know doing what i do and i'll I'll come come across people all the time and god will say you know um tell this person this and i'll hear him say something and and maybe i'll make a comment like you know the lord says that woman right there tell her she's a great mom well i know right away that god he's been hearing her say that she's not cut out for this, that she can't do this, that she's a terrible mother. She's believing that she's a terrible mother. Well, God knows that. So when God tells her through a person that's full of God, that you're a great mom, and she hears that, her first thought's probably, well, how in the heck do you know that? You don't even know me. But then the next thought that comes through her mind is, I think God's speaking to me. Because that guy doesn't know me, and he knew exactly what I needed to hear. And so now I know God knows me and sees me, and I'm not forgotten. And so I'll walk around, and I'll run into people and prophetically say things, and I'm just kind of flowing in the river, and I'm seeing lives changed, people saved, people healed, people delivered, people like, you know, who are depressed, you know, get just impressed with God. You know, I mean, I was at, I was in D.C. A, a short time ago, and and the Lord said, you know, go downstairs and have breakfast. And I'm like, well, okay. And so I left. I put my shoes on. He told me, put your shoes on right now. So I just put my shoes on, and I went and got in the elevator, and I met Kevin Sorbo. Remember the atheist professor from God's Not Dead? And he was in the elevator. And I said, I recognize you. I said, we met before, and and then I said, oh, I remember you were the atheist professor and God's not dead. He goes, and he laughed. And I said, what's your name? He said, I'm Kevin. I said, I'm Nathan. And 
anyway, we we chit chatted and it was fun to talk to him. And he talked about a new movie he had coming out. And um, anyway, so then then I co- I go to the diner and there's this uh, there's a guy there sitting in the first table. And I asked the lady, you know, for for a seat. It said, wait to be seated. And this man, he calls to me, he's like, hey, Nathan, he's like, um, or no, he's, he said, hey, uh, sir, are you meeting anyone? Um, and I was like, no, I'm by myself. And he said, well, would you join me for breakfast? And I said, sure. So I go over and I sit down. And um, God told me to, to have breakfast with him. I was wanting to say, no. I mean, I'm no, I'm not meeting with anyone. Well, you have Will you come join me for breakfast? I want to say no. I don't know this guy. And the Lord is like you. I've never met you before. I had to ask you some questions, get a feel for what kind of show I'm even doing today, right? So, but I follow the spirit and it's a lot of fun. I sat down with this guy I don't even know. And it was actually really cool. I found out a little bit about him. And this guy walks by and the Lord says, this guy's got neck pain, back pain, pray for him. So I pray for him. I go, hey, do you have back pain, back pain? How did you know that? Well, God shows me stuff. The first Corinthians talks about words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Anyway, so I say, well, can I just pray for you real quick? God wants to heal you. So I say a simple prayer. And this person gets healed. The neck pain goes. The back pain goes. Like, wow. Okay, so then goes over to the table, starts telling the friends. And the next thing you know, there's a line of people. I'm just meeting this guy, Barry. There's a line of people at our table. And they're coming up and saying, hey, you prayed for our friend and and he got healed. Could you pray for this? Could you pray for that? And God's healing these people. And this guy I just met, I don't even know anything about him. He's like, wow. He goes, is this normal for you? He goes, I'm Baptist. I've never seen this before. That's what he said. And I just laughed. I said, well, yeah, it's normal. I mean, it's in the Bible, you know, so a lot of people haven't seen it. So they just don't know it exists. But this is supposed to be normal. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, healings, miracles. These things happen every day all over the planet and people who are unbelieving believers uh they don't know about this but once you see it you kind of know it's kind of hard to deny if you've seen the reality of something and so anyway these people are getting healed and it's a blast and this guy barry says hey my daughter works um in the white house is an intern for uh, president trump and i'm wondering if um if you uh would want to come into the white house and I asked the Lord, if you want me to, you know, go and help with some of these problems that are happening in the political scape, um, you know, I mean, I'd be happy to to go and and help if if there's something you want me to do. And when the Lord showed me to go to D.C., I just went to D.C., but I prayed. I said, Lord, for my birthday this year, could you introduce me to President Trump and Melania? And so on my actual birthday, I get a phone call from the White House. And they said, Nathan French? And I said, yes. And they said, "Um, well, you're being invited to come into the White House on October 27th. Would Would you want to come? And I said, sure, that'd be great. That's actually my birthday. And they said, oh, well, isn't that something? Because they didn't know that I asked God for my birthday this year, if I could go in and meet President Trump and Melania. So see what what I, the reason I think I'm telling this story is because I was asking something specific because most of the people that I know are asking for things so vague, they wouldn't even know if it was God, if it happened. 
But if you're specific with your prayer, you'll learn to marvel at how specifically God answers it. And it just builds your faith to believe for these types of things because God is an orchestrator. And so um, here I felt God wanted me to pray and ask him, you know, the framework of the Lord's prayer is thy will be done, not my will, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you have not because you ask, now you ask and miss, don't miss when you ask, but ask. And then according to what you say, it will be done for you if you do not doubt and do not waver is the scripture. So I'm just like, you know what? This is an amazing thing because God asked me to do something after I asked him to introduce me to two people for my birthday. And then he said, go to D.C. Well, it wasn't it wasn't my birthday when I went to D.C. Then he said, go downstairs. Then he said, go over and have breakfast. Then he said, pray for that person. See, there was several acts of obedience that led up to an invitation to actually come to the White House. But then for it to fall exactly on my birthday was definitely not chance. That was divine. And so you start to learn the ways of God and you start to flow in the river of God, just doing the will of God. And it becomes so fun and adventurous. And the Lord loves to reward childlike faith. So when he sees you, he sees me, and he's like, oh, beloved, you know, he longs to gather his people like a mother hen gathers her chicks, but they will not come to him. People are doing things for God, and they're forgetting to be with God. Even ministry can become idolatry if it's more important to you than the one that we're supposed to be pursuing. So it's like, seek first the kingdom, everything's added. So I've been having so much fun on these little adventures. And uh, and then, I mean, it was just cool. I got to prophesy over President Trump and Melania. You know, here it is my birthday and I'm prophesying over them and I'm having fun. And he's like, he's like, he comes right over to me and he says, who are you like that? And he goes, where are you from? You know, he goes, you're a big guy. You know, <laughs> he goes, you play football, you know. And then I told him I was from Seattle and he looked right at me, pointed his finger in my face. He fist bumped me. And then he said, are you getting it handled? <laughs> and I said, wow, he's asking me if I'm getting it handled. We have the chop zone, the autonomous zone. They were burning the police cruisers. It was anarchy in the city of Seattle. Uh, we set up worship in the middle of the chop zone. All the people coming against it. Black Lives Matter was coming against us. The 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 uh, the atheists, you know, the anarchists were there, the Satanists. that uh, We had the, uh, you know, they had, I don't know, three different main organizations that were hardcore, you know, all about destruction in those cases, right? We all, we all know every life matters, but the fact is these groups were in there to stop us from doing worship in that park that day, in the CHOP zone. Do you know that was the last time that a CHOP was even talked about? It was the last time that CHAZ was talked about, autonomous zone, never even got mentioned after that event where we brought worship into the city, and where we lifted up the name of Jesus and the Satanists were trying to curse us. They were coming around intimidating with their spears and, 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 you know, trying to drive us out of the park. And we just praised all the more. I was baptizing people. Um, Sean Foyt's team was out there. Um, I got asked to lead all the street teams. And then the Lord told me to baptize. And I was just like happy to be a part of it. And then it ended up being put in the movie, um, you know, that Let Us Worship movie. And it was just fun. You know, when you start seeing how the Lord has a way of just you come before him in worship 
And all of a sudden, people's focus shifts from the problem to the one who solves it. And it's just like an open heaven, portals and angelic activity and the glory of God comes. And it just neutralizes darkness. When we shine the light, it's a powerful weapon. It's very, that's a great story. That is so phenomenal. Uh, and I, I can appreciate it. I've, I've been there and uh, many times, you know, it was funny that just uh, last year, I, 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 we have a church, a Lutheran church across the street from us. And I know the minister pretty well, but we don't we don't talk religion too too often. And I don't go to that church. I have my own ministry. Uh, one, and I usually go over when I see a, a big gathering during the day because I work from home. And if I see a big gathering for like a funeral or something, I'll go over and see what it's about. And and, and usually I, I, when you know, the veteran passes away or somebody that I know, then I make sure I attend. And yet one day that I'm out sitting at work and I, I hear the noise across the way. So I, I shut my my, uh, my computer off and everything went across. And there was a big, a big funeral. Um, and there was this, uh, apparently this one woman, the guy that passed away was her husband. He was very popular, but nobody knew his wife. Literally, nobody knew him. It's kind of a weird thing in a small community. And everybody was talking about the, 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 the husband that passed away and, and they were kind of ignoring his wife who was kind of mourning. And I felt really bad for her. I said, and, and God, God had sent me over to her for whatever reason. So I kind of walked up to her and I said, are you okay? Because she was in tears and destitute. She goes, I don't know how I'm going to make it. And I looked at her and I go, you'll make it. I said, Jesus loves you. You will make it. Just trust in Jesus. I put my arm around her. And she gave me this huge, huge hug. And then she says, do I know you? I said, no, you don't know me. I said, but I know you through Jesus. And I walked away. We, we were done. We, that, was our, that was pretty much our conversation. And I forgot about it. So about a month later, my sister was in the process of, of dying. She had cancer. And uh, I had this movie of her when she was just a, two years old. It was a film, a 16-millimeter film. I didn't have a projector. And it was funny because the pastor knocked on my door. And I never knocked on my door. He said, you know what? He goes, he goes, you're the greatest. I said, why is that? He goes, we've been trying for the last two weeks to help this woman. She, she would never come to church with her husband. She didn't believe in God because he was sick for a while. And she, said, she gave up on God. She said, you know, she came in. She's been for the last three weeks. She's been coming religiously to church. She's been insisting to come on the to the uh, uh, our, our uh, morning sessions where we read the Bible together. She goes and 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 she, and she says she says I don't know what that who that man was. She said, but but he, he saved me. And I, I said, I, you know, that really impressed me. And then he said he said by the way he said and they said by the way. And I, I was looking at the time for a projector to project this stupid film because I wanted my sister to see it before she died. And out of nowhere, and I hadn't mentioned that to him at all. He said, you know what? I'm just curious. He says, I, I know you, you tinker with stuff. He goes, I got the, we have this old 16 millimeter projector laying around. That if you're interested, you can have it. If you want to, you know, they, the church doesn't need it anymore. Out of nowhere. Why would he sudden, suddenly say, hey, we've got a 16 millimeter projector, right? I mean, it's just it was just yeah. so wonderful to, to, to just see that that path but you know it, a lot of people when you see someone that's in need you really you really it doesn't hurt to say uh, the one word jesus loves you jesus you're okay jesus loves you that, that's well, that did it that one that one little sentence and, and oh yeah and and, uh, and and then all of a sudden you know and, the, and that 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 comfort and that hug and then she was like do i know you no you don't know me but 
I know you through Jesus. And I, I, whatever it was, it, that just so got to her and it, it just amazed me. But I do that all the time. But this was an unusual circumstance because she had totally, totally left the church and gave up her, her Christian faith and is now back in well, the fold. The Bible says that goodness leads them to repentance. Right. And so you do have a lot of people that have the wrong approach. Um, they're reminding people of their sin. They're telling them, you know, basically God hates you. Right. I mean, God hates sin, but he loves people. He separates the sinner from, from the sin so that he can fully love us even when we're in sin. Right. And it's an amazing thing that his love is unconditional. You know, just means no condition. No, you see, we don't have to perform to get him to love us. He just loved us first. But we, we want to serve him because he's so good that he would love us as we're yet sinners. And that itself is enough to lead people to repentance. And I think that's why... You know, that's why it's such a beautiful time that we're in and in our world where the truth about who Jesus is, I think, is becoming more and more obvious. And if there's not a problem, you don't value a solution. See, the Savior is not valued unless you need saving. The deliverer is not valued unless you need deliverance. The provider is not valued until you need provision. There's something about just understanding that the very thing that it is what people need, the very problem that they have, is the very reason they should go to him. Because he's the king, and he's got it all figured out. I love that the Bible says his plans are made, and they're to prosper and not harm, to give a future and hope. The reason that scripture is so important is you won't, if you don't believe his plans are already made, you'll try to come up with a clever plan. And you could easily miss God by trying to lean on your own understanding. Instead, when you when you come to him just as you are and you ask him to direct you from a heart that wants to be led, he actually teaches you how to hear his voice. Because why would he want you to follow the stranger? He doesn't. The Bible says, my sheep hear my voice and a stranger's they will not follow because they get so used to hearing the good father, the good shepherd's voice. And when you hear the voice of God, it it, it releases peace. And when you listen to the stranger, it, it, there's an angst to it. He tries to get us to be driven. If you don't do it, it's going to fall apart. And the Lord's like, no, no, I did it. So now it's done. So now I want you to work from rest. And I want you to do this first and then that. And he doesn't give us more than we can handle. So we can stay in sync with the will of God. And I love that we can hear his voice because before I could hear his voice, I was just religious. But once I got to know the one that loves me, I just like came alive because instead of me having to obey him, now I get to. Instead of me being forced to do the right thing, I just want to. Instead of me going, oh, man, God's asking me to do this thing. I go, praise God, he knows everything, and he's got a plan to bless me. He wants to prosper you and not harm you. He wants to give you a future and 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 hope. And, and so it's like, who would resist the one who's good? Like, the only people who would resist a good God that loves them is somebody who's deceived. And if somebody's deceived, they don't know they are, or they wouldn't be. So our job as believers, as Christians, followers of Jesus, is just to simply shine. That's the whole goal. He just wants to shine upon us so he can shine through us. 
pour his spirit in so that he can pour his spirit out through us. He said, out of our bellies will flow rivers of living water. So that's the Holy Spirit. So really what separates, I think, all these camps could also be the very thing that unifies. It's like, look at, um, you know, you got, I don't know, 185 mainstream denominations. And you could break it all down, the religion versus the relationship between the, the concept, I did it with my performance versus God did it with his. I love the Old and the New Testament. It's kind of like the balance is really Jesus in the middle as the truth, because he is truth, right? He fulfilled the law and satisfied all the requirements because he knew we would never be able to do it. And so he literally became sin. He became sickness. He became disease so he could conquer it and give us the keys to the kingdom. I love, though, that the New Testament in the New Testament, that we can weigh that with the scripture. It's like in the old covenant, it was thou shalt not commit adultery. And some people think now in the New Testament, it's, it's a little more lenient, but it's actually harder. Did you, did you recognize that? It's like now if you even look at that woman with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. So some people think, well, the Old Testament is harder and the New Testament's easier, but actually in the New Testament, you got to rely on the Holy Spirit. You're, you know, in order to have victory, you actually have to rely on what Jesus did and not in your own performance. But I love that, like, the truth is a person. And in order to be free, you don't just got to know about him. It's important to actually know him and walk with him. And that's what I love about having a friendship with God. Like, I didn't know this stuff before. I had to learn and grow in understanding and ask God daily for wisdom. But man, I wake up every day and I'm excited to be alive. I wish somebody would have taught me right in the beginning, because then I wouldn't have probably tried to kill myself. I wouldn't have had a major, you know, issues and challenges in life. I mean, I was 23 hooked up to my exhaust pipe in my server van, living in Florida, convinced life's not worth living. I tried the church and I didn't see power. I didn't see authentic Christianity. I never heard about a miracle. I never heard about Holy Spirit. I never heard about the baptisms. I never heard about the Great Commission. I was in a Christian Missionary Alliance, this great church that was doing good work in the mission field and missionaries being raised up and so many people being helped and kids being you know cared for. I saw a lot of good, but there wasn't a lot of talk about hearing and obeying God. There wasn't a lot of talk about you know, the Great Commission, it was just come, not go. It was it was the form that denied the power. Never once heard about the Holy Spirit. So when I started watching people who were talking about the Holy Spirit, I thought they were weird. These people must be off base, must be not biblical, because after all, I was a Christian for many years, and I didn't know about that stuff, so probably not okay. And it wasn't until I got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I, I went all in. I remember coming back from the attempted suicide and saying, God, why am I on the planet? I tried to end it. I didn't like being a religious person. And I, I tried the world and it was empty. I had the money. I had the girls. I had the drugs. I had it all. The world would have said, you're successful. But I was empty inside because the God void. And I was just like, why am I alive? And I mean, I woke up from the carbon monoxide poisoning, literally didn't know who I was. And my dad comes into the room and says, son, do you know what day it is? I said, no. He said, today's your birthday. And he said, the devil tried to take your life. 
but the good Lord intervened and I've come to take you home. And I remember weeping. I'm looking up in the eyes of my earthly dad as a representation of my heavenly father saying, I love you, even though you tried to mess your life up. And he goes, I heard God say, how about living for me? You tried it. You tried it your way. How about living for me? And I'm just like, well, I don't even know what that looks like, but okay, I'll live for you. And so I started going after God and it was like, oh my goodness, took a little time. I had to learn to surrender. I had to learn to, um, you know, yield. And my goodness, one time I, I prayed this prayer. It was a simple prayer, but it was sincere. And it wasn't just, Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I, I did pray that. But I said, Lord, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just know I have to have you. I've got to have more of you. So I just give you my whole life right now. I give you my hopes, my dreams, my fears, all failure remembrances of past hurts. I give you my whole life. I'm all in for you from this moment on. And that was a sincere prayer from my heart, a full surrender prayer. And my goodness, I felt something shift in me. And I felt the empowerment of the Spirit of God. And I felt the flame that I still carry today. So there's something about full surrender prepares us to be fully surrounded. And because our God's a consuming fire, and because in the Bible it talks about three baptisms, not one. He said he baptized by water and by fire and by the Holy Spirit. The only way to get the flame is to be a living sacrifice, going all in, not incorporating God, letting him have your life. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live, I live unto Christ. To die is to gain. You lose your life to find it. What's he saying? He's saying, give me your life if you want mine. If you want all of me, you must first give me all of you. And when your prayer is like, God, I want you to be my Lord, he comes in and gives you a supernatural empowerment. He fills you with the Holy Spirit. Actually, Christians leak. We, we leak. We were designed like a balloon. We were designed to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's a continual action verb that means to continue to fill up on. So we feed our spirit on the word of God, and the truth of the spirit is flowing in us, and we talk with the one who loves us. And then he speaks, and we hear, and we, we respond, and he blesses us for it. And it's just a fun thing. Like, I wish I would have known that it could be a blast to live for God. Wow, that's a, that's really cool. And we are starting to run over time, or we actually are over time on the on on the interview. But I do want to say a couple of things, and then we'll close if we can. But I yeah. actually left I actually left a very high paying engineering job um, because I didn't have time to give to the Lord and to, and to the ministry and to and, and do my studies. And I said, and 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 I just prayed and I prayed, and God came to me and said, "Look," He said. If you give your heart and your soul to me, you won't have to worry for the rest of your life. And I never have. It's what I need has come my way. I am not rich. I refuse to be rich. Uh, I'm not. I'm, but I'm rich in soul. I'm not rich with money, but I'm rich in soul. And I and I've lived a, a good life, thanks, thanks, thanks to Jesus. I really have. Uh, but the other thing that that people need to and, and and you need to find how you can talk to others. You know, people. When I was before I got into the ministry. Even when I got into the ministry, like how do I how do I introduce God? How do I talk to someone? And like I said, when I met that woman, and it's just all you have to do. You don't have to be afraid. You got to use His name. Yeah, you know, pray. I I believe in you. Praise Jesus. 
I know you, you don't know me, I know you through Jesus. You can't be afraid to say that because people say, oh, it's God, it's this, it's, it's so watered down a lot of what people try to say, but no, if you believe, just tell them, you know, hey, look, you don't have to believe, you don't have to understand, but I, Jesus loves you. And, and, and it gets in their head and they're like, this man that doesn't even know me, you know, and it wasn't just this one woman I'd mentioned. It's a lot of people, a lot of people I meet. And you know, here are the telemarketers. I'll answer the phone and telemarketer said, wants to talk to you. I'm like, don't worry, Jesus loves you. And then I'll hang up on him. But it's like, <laughs> you, you've got, you can't be afraid to say what you, what you believe. Uh, and, yeah. and we're going to have well, to that get. Is, that is the goodness of God. That, right. That's what leads people to repent. It's just going around. And that's a simple way to evangelize. Jesus really loves you and you can't yeah. mess it up. And people will say, well, of course you can mess it up. You can't mess up the love of God because it's unconditional he just loves you because he loves you not because right. you did something for him I, I, and I then was, when people get that it's it's amazing i was down in philadelphia the city of brotherly sin uh with a we had a a, a rally with for it was a, it was a patriot rally and we, i was the delegate for donald trump twice in the past i went to oh, okay. yeah wow. so we were down there and, and there was antifa across the way and they were screaming and kicking and and the, and the cops were in between. They, they said, you're not allowed to talk to them. They're not allowed to talk to you. And I walked right through them. I said, I got to walk. You're, you're, it's too dangerous. You can't go over there. I walked right through, went up to their leader. And I said, look, why don't you come over and tell us what you believe and why? We'll listen. Whatever you say, we, we, and we, won't, we won't mock you or anything. And he's going on. I said, look, regardless. I said, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. No matter who you are or what you believe in, Jesus loves you. We love you as we love you as one of God's children. Why don't you come and tell us what you believe? And we had a great conversation. We'll never meet in the middle, but they came and used our microphone. The cops were shocked. We got we were on a, on a news down in Philadelphia on the on the on the on the, on the I think we we're on the national news too. And I because I interviewed him, I said, "Look, we're all God's children. We have to come together somehow. We've got to stop politicizing God." And they were so impressed. And the ones in our group were so impressed. They all invited him in with open arms. Say, "Look." We love you. Don't we? Don't hate you. We love you. Had a really great. I think there needs to be more of that to try to bring people back. I really do. With important. Yeah, let's let's put a tie a bow on this and tell tell where you can be found, what you do. That if if our listeners want to find you, if uh, and, and, and okay, sure. Well, I mean, uh, one of my favorite things to do is teach people uh, how to hear simply the voice of God for themselves. And so um, the Lord told me a while back, he said, don't just show people your fish, teach them how to be catchers. And um, so I, I love to teach people how to hear. Um, there's layers to the onion. It's almost like, um, you know, learning to hear God is a journey, it, just like we're in a process called sanctification. But I write books. Um, the first book that I wrote, I think it was 2011, uh, is this one. It's called It's Not Meant to Be a Secret. It's not meant to be a secret. Um, God wants to speak to you. You can see the key is in the door. Um, but anyway, I write these books. This is the first one. It's about 365 pages. Uh, the um, other book after this is Rushing the Floodgates of Heaven. Uh, there's another one called uh, One. It's a book on just the power of unity. Um, but all these books are geared towards taking out the ear blockers and activators from the truth of the word. And by the time you're halfway through this book, you're going to hear God, guaranteed. And because the, the untruths or the lies around hearing God, 
actually prevents people from hearing God. So there's certain ingredients like hunger and diligence and seeking things that he can reward. Um, also believe, believing that you hear God actually helps you to begin to hear because unbelief is a demon that comes out by prayer and fasting. And so sometimes you need deliverance from the demon of unbelief before you can actually believe if somebody, if somebody's hindered um, in faith or the ability to believe God, um, so there's ear blockers like this pride. Pride comes from self-reliance. Humility comes from God dependence. So there's certain ingredients that when you get these, the combination right, you're going to be unlocked in here, God. So um, how do you get my books? Um, here's some ways you can write these down. Um, uh, you can go on Nathan French Ministries. Dot com. Uh, that's my personal ministry website, uh, NathanFrenchMinistries.com. Uh, you can sign up. You can partner with the ministry. I partner with a lot of evangelistic type ministries. If I know they're out winning souls and I know they're, you know, on track with the Lord, I, I like to sow into ministries monthly. Uh, but if you want to partner with the ministry, you can do that. Um, I'll actually send you all three of the books for free um, as a gift. It's about a thousand powerful packed pages uh, that I know will inspire you. So, you know, get the books if you're really wanting to hear God um, better. I mean, of course, you can read the scripture. That's a great way to hear the Lord. Um, but you do need the rhema and the logos. The written and spoken word is what those books are full of. And it'll teach you how to walk experientially with the Lord and just tons of wisdom and nuggets that the Holy Spirit has taught me. And uh, so th those will be a blessing to you. The other thing, um, we do events like stadium type events every year. Um, we'll do tent revivals. We're in the middle of a tent revival now down in Ocean Shores, Washington, just by Ocean City. We got a big white tent set up on seven and a half acres that we bought a school. Uh, by the grace of God, uh, we just paid off the school. We've had it for a year uh, and we put up a revival tent and we've been having revival meetings down there at the ocean. And it's a blast. It was prophesied that we were going to do that. I didn't really even have faith for it. But one day God told me, leave tomorrow and and uh, go down to the ocean. And I asked him why. And he didn't tell me. I told my wife, I have to go. She's like, why? And I said, God wants to show me a property. She's like, we don't want a property down at the ocean. I said, I know, but I want to go see what he wants. Next thing you know, he says, buy the building. Well, I'm like, how am I going to pay for it? I don't have the money to buy it. And he said, those who don't have, come and buy. And I said, well, how do I buy if I don't have? He said, faith. And I'm just like, okay, what do I do first? He says, put in an offer. Well, I felt like, how do I put in an offer I can't back? That didn't feel integrous to me. And the Lord said, just put in an offer. So as soon as I put in a full price offer, he tells me to do the next thing. He says, call so-and-so. I called so-and-so, told him about the project. He's like, well, I'm going to give you some money. And we're going to get that building. So next thing you know, we got this building. We got the school. We're in the middle of a major remodel so we can use it before the weather turns. We're trying to fix the roof and do some work. But it's a 19,000 square foot building, fully paid for. And now we're in the remodel process while we're having a tent revival outside. It's amazing. And so God's bigger, right? He's, he's just, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. Uh, his plans are made. It's already decided. So you don't have to figure it all out. Um, the main thing is just try and follow the simple steps and learn. If you're, if you're wanting to learn how to become a doctor, you know, you go to training. Um, but you don't go, if you want to learn how to turn a wrench and fix cars, you don't go to a medical doctor and ask him how to do it. You go to a mechanic who knows how to do it. 
Who knows? He's experienced it. You know, a lot of people are learning from people who don't even hear God. So you got the blind leading the blind. So learn from some someone who hears the voice of God consistently if that's what you want to learn. And I'll tell you, one of the keys to living a truly blessed life in every category is simple. Hear God and obey him. Don't just be filled with the spirit and then not respond to the spirit. But learn to hear the Lord, be filled with the Lord, yield to the Lord, listen for the Lord, hear the Lord, and then respond to him like the wise man who builds on the rock. And so those are the three websites. The Rock Revival Center dot com is our revival center uh, in North Tacoma, Washington. Uh, and then now we have a new work started here with the tent revivals. That's awakentheplanet.com. If you want information about that, awakentheplanet.com, you can sew in, you can partner with us, uh, and we'll send you all the books for free as a thank you gift. Um, and I know if you if you have questions um, in the journey along the way, you're welcome to notify me on those websites, and I'd be happy to get to those um, questions in the order that they come in. I was just writing writing down your your websites. I'm, we really do appreciate. Yeah, it's awaken it. awaken the planet is for our events. Right. Um, the Rock Revival Center is our church hub, our revival hub, and my personal ministry is just Nathan French Ministries. So the Rock Revival Center dot com, awaken the planet dot com, and Nathan French Ministries dot com. Perfect, beautiful, and I've got them copied down. It's been absolutely a pleasure. We went like twice as long as we should. I hope uh, I hope we'll be able to fit you in. We'll have to find a new time slot to put you in on our in our in our in our. You know, uh, you could probably do two parts. Do that's part a, one. That's not a bad parts. idea. Yeah, <laughs> well, not two up to parts. me, but I definitely I'm glad we took the time because I was not going to stop you from that. It's absolutely phenomenal, Nathan. Uh, can you <laughs> hang a moment after we shut down the the interview? Is that okay? You have some moment? Yeah. All right. Sure. We're, we're going to thank again Nathan Nathan French Nathan French Ministries, and uh, God bless you and keep up the great work. And hopefully we'll see you back on here at some point. Just hang on, hang on when I get done. Okay, thank you, brother.